Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clemens. I'm here with Campbell Flakemore. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out MAP's full range at map.cc. Today on the podcast, we're going to be looking through the Italian races to wrap up the season. Cambo's got a uh, Southfest update for us, week six, and then Tom Hamilton is back. First off, Campbell, a few Italian one-dayers. Yeah, just, before we, we, just before we get on, it's a long season, isn't it? We're yeah. midway through October and there's yeah. still big races. It's, yeah. It's long. Yeah. I don't mind these. I really, I really like I, these races. Yeah, but the thing is, it's a great little package. A lot of Italian one day is nice time of year in Italy, but it's just a long, long season, and to no attention almost is um is is gone by this point of the year. I don't know. I really enjoy watching these. Yeah. For me, Parry Tours. Nah. It's all <laughs> Why over. are you so hard on Parry Tours? Ah, uh, Lombardy is done. Year's done. Like Lombardy is the end of the line. That's the think? end of the line for me. Yep. Kind of, and I think that's why these four uh, Italian one day is leading up to it do work. To kick things off, yeah, Gran Primo Bruno Vigeli, and I guess not to our surprise, we've talked about this previously, but uh, Jack Haig fared pretty well in the finale. Yeah, a really select group going to the line. He did. We've talked about him a fair bit, actually. I mean, yeah, he's one of our, you know. We've rode with him. We piss in his pocket a little bit. But his one-day results over the last few months has been absolutely incredible. And we'll touch on his Lombardi when we get to that point. But a podium there at Grand Premio with um, Colbrelli and Valverde in front of him, two guys that are proper quick. Mm. Um, in a small group going to the finish, like those two, Sonny's on home turf and Valverde's the small bunch kick specialist. The one-day specialist. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to see and... Like um, like I think we might have touched on before. It's only a matter of time before he jags one of these, these one days with a big win. Maybe it's going to be spring next year. Liège, um, all the Ardennes suit him down to the ground. Rides good position. Loves boxing on. Loves the attrition. One day races a mm. right up his alley. And also, heading into team camp season, he's got a he's got a fair bit to put down on the table. Yeah. Now. If, when he sits down with his race director and goes, you know what? I'm your number one man for Liège. Yeah. Look what I've done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. not saying, oh, geez, I like that race. I want to go at it. He's got proof in his pudding at the moment. So good signs for the young Australian. And it's, it's good for him to have another sort of position within the team because the, the GC log jam is quite long. So maybe with him posting these sort of one-day results, he can put his hand up as the main man for the for the big one-day race mm. in the spring through the Ardennes. Jump the pecking order a little bit. I think, yes. I mean, with performances like we've seen over the last few months, you'd be silly to um, to not put a team behind him. And the best thing is, he's coming on the podcast tomorrow. So Which this time, have. this time next week, we'll have uh, a Jack Haig interview for you. An unpack of his 2019 Yeah, unpack of his, unpack of his year. So, But um, just in front of him, Valverde, always, always rock solid. And Cole Brelli, again, another guy that's always around the mark and... Mm. Picked up the chockies, so probably good for Barry Merida. A little bit of bad press the last few weeks with Rowan Dennis's um, contract being terminated, so good for Bahrain to finish off the season with a nice win. Burke Moller in fifth, just a little bit of a bit of a teaser for what's to teaser come. Teaser for what's to come. Mm. Trevale Varese, another traditional Italian circuit, punchy little climbs, lots of laps, small groups. Um, 
going left, right, and centre. And did you watch this one? Um, just uh, just the the small highlights package. So you saw Lewis Leon mm-hmm. was uh, solo off the front, which was helped by the fact that the group chasing him went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Very Italian. It's so Italian, isn't it? Just forgot to put the bloke on that oh, corner. Oh dear, oh dear. It shouldn't. I mean, it's not really a surprise. Uh, and this is the top level of cycling, and we see mistakes like this. Not just like people going the wrong way, but. You know, poles being in the middle of the road and all this sort of saga. It's nothing new in cycling. And people say that it, things are going to change, but it just they just don't. They just don't seem to be changing. We keep seeing stupid things like that occurring. But, yeah, that's that's racing, Alex. Um, but Primos just looked so strong. Yeah. He, just rode, he didn't even really attack, just rode himself off the front. It was interesting to see because at the World Championships in the TT, when Rowan came past him, he just looked flat, didn't finish the road race. Yeah, it was probably, you know, wasn't a day for him. But I thought maybe after the Vuelta, his legs had gone. But he showed up at these Italian one day as absolutely flying. So I think there's a bit of talk whether him or Bernal was the ride of the season. It's, it's, it's almost a little bit hard to look past Primoz for me. Roberto Power, 21st. Did notice that? Helped, the... helped himself to the front group. <laughs> made the front group. On X home roads. He did live there for a season uh, as a pro as well, didn't yeah, he? Just not yeah, as an under twenty three. Did that? There. Where, where was he living? Um, Lavino. Lavino, <laughs> down yeah. the Lago there. Yeah, it's living like a king on the lake. Very interesting decision from our power. Made the, the move to Girona after a year, but uh, yeah, home roads for him. It's good to see him get in in the mixer mm. in a big one day race. I think this is where we think his his probably powers lie in in one day races. Maybe not the Grand Tours. One day races where it's a bit more punchy. Hopefully we can see him get a few opportunities in 2020. A little bit less calculated. A little bit more... A little bit more touch and feel. Yeah. Touch and feel with the numbers. So, yeah, it's disappointing to see him have a... He's had a really interrupted year, hasn't he? He prefers... He's had a really interrupted career. Yeah, which is a pity because he probably hasn't reached the heights of that First year in under 23. I think, he, I think he's got a long way to go in his professional career. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. It's a cutthroat business out there, Alex. It, it is. With Tommy D leaving the team next year, though, he's got another year under his belt. Mm-hmm. Maybe a touch more opportunity. Let's hope so. Milano, Torino. This one touched different. Wasn't No laps. Just a nice, long, big, flat drag. And then a Two couple, solid climbs, couple at the of climbs at the finish. Hilltop. Um, and Michael Woods, mm. I really like this victory. He hit out earlier, yeah, and just he, maybe munched like, maybe that's too early. But he, he got the surprise, and he just didn't look like dying. And I, I thought Valverde was going to come up and just absolutely clean him up. But Michael Woods, he's um, he's been pretty solid the last few few months, I guess. Like yeah, the Tour de France, there was nothing superb, but top tens at San Sebastian. Montreal, um, Giro Dill, Emilia, and then um, winning here in Torino. So he's had some pretty good late season form and, and another good victory for, um, what are they called, EF Education First. Mm, a big year. A big year. A really good year. A, a stepped up. They were kind of the, the team that were, were making up numbers, but now they're winning big races. They're a victories. world to a team. Mm. They're not a good pro Conti team <laughs> for me. Uh, and the last one, the last kind of tester before the big dance on Saturday, uh, Gran Piemonte, similar deal uh, to the Milano race, relatively flat way in and then two big climbs, hilltop finish again. Were all these races just back to back to back to back to back? Um, 
you got some dates there for yeah, me. I've just a, a big, a big week. So this, uh, this one was on the tenth of October, ninth, eighth, sixth. Okay, so just a so full, you're not lining a full, up for more. a full festival. Yeah, I love full it. Week. It's it's good. Uh, I do I do like it, but it's just it, like I said before, it kind of fizzles out a little bit at this time of year. But imagine if this was like pre Giro. Yeah. Where do you fit it in, though? That's the thing. I mean, you can't put it just before the Giro. That's kind of classics. Yeah. Romandy time. People don't want to be doing one-day punchy race for the Tour. No, or the Giro. It's, I guess it's the only place of the year, but I guess the riders enjoy it. Big names keep on coming at this time of year. You could probably end your season a little bit early, but I guess there's still some big victories up for grabs. And if you're flying at this time of year, you can really, um, really pick up a lot of wins. And then Egan Bernal got a bit more street credit. He's not one on one day at the back end of the year, up coming off the tour. Oh, people people win the tour and they they may never do it again. Yeah, I mean we've saw. Well, they come or they come out of it two months later, forty five kilos heavier. Being on the piss and yeah. doing world tours, signing books, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I guess at twenty two, you probably can't have that sort of liberty. You probably can't probably enjoy it as much as what you would if you were thirty. Do you do you agree with that? Maybe. Nah. You don't? You won the Tour de France. Yeah, but there's You're still the so much more to achieve. Like Garant Thomas, Bradley, Bradley Wiggins is a bit of a different story, but Thomas, you can see why he kind of took the pressure off a little bit. Like, what was he, 32 or 33? Mm. Yeah. Take, take it easy for six or seven months, and he can get but back up to speed. But, but also like a long season as a 22-year-old. No doubt. No doubt it's a long season, but... I mean, he he seems like an absolute professional. Mm. This kid, like, and this this was can... this was an old school Ineos performance. What do you mean by an old school Ineos performance? Souza Ramiro just ripping it on the last <laughs> climb. No one left. Bernal attacks, and it's a big. Um, what do they call it? Feather in your cap. Bernal winning a one day race. I don't think Chris Froome has has ever won a one day race. I think I saw no. on Twitter. So. A little bit more diverse. And, and, we'll, and we'll get to this, but the next day, uh, not the like, next day, but at Lombardy, he was throwing it down as well. Like, mm. I, I like this kid. Yeah, exactly. It, I think it's important to be able to do both tours, grand tours, and, and one-day races. You can kind of just, if something's not going right, if you have a poor tour to France, you can just come at this time of year and start yeah. picking up some wins. So, yeah, I'm really impressed. I guess put this in comparison to our port doing the tour. Pretty much wrapped it you up. You never for the year. see him after the tour. I mean, it is all about the tour. It is, but when you win the tour and come back and win one day race yeah. at the end of the year, yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Uh, and Ramiro, his teammate, twenty-one, ripping it up the last climb. No one's there. Well, it was the year of the youngster, wasn't it? Really, yeah. we kind of always thought you got to be in your late twenties to be winning, winning bike races, but teens, early twenties, whatever. And another Androni prodigy from uh, Colombia. Mm. And then the big dance, Lombardia. I guess a bit of a surprise, a surprise result. I think yes. Boca Mola, mate. He cops a little bit of heat on this pod, mm. being the guy that runs seventh and eighth in Grand Tour. There's nothing really more. He's won, won San Sebastian Although as we well. Were, we were pumping his tyres up pre-tour, as we thought he might have come into his own in the super domestic kind of back end of the tour for Richie, sporting him through the mountains. That never came about. How old do you think he is? Are you looking at it? Have you got your... No, I haven't got have, that. I, I would have said 37 or 38. Yeah, mid-30s. He's 32. 
He's only 32. His window is still open. The window was still open for another two or three years. I just thought he was 90. But <laughs> he's been super consistent, really. I mean, I mean, if you look at his his one, um, his last win, it was the the mixed relay, the team <laughs> team time trial at World. So I'm not going to count that. Sorry, I'm just not. Besides that, um, it's been a pretty it's been a pretty lean year for him, really. There was a few podiums and the, some Spanish one days in February. And then a, a consistent month in the Italian one days. And to win Lombardia, a monument, his first monument, it's a big surprise. And, and he, go, and he, he go, took the bull by the horns, Alex. Yeah, he went from long range in an elite group. Yeah. It works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. But, I mean, yeah, look, he probably, probably wasn't the best rider on the day. But in one-day races especially, you don't have to be. You have to be the smartest. You have to be the one that takes the opportunity. Obviously, you still have to have the good legs to be there in the finale. We saw guys like Nibali who were getting dropped quite early. So he obviously had the good legs, and, and he took the bull by the horns. And you know what? Full credit. They've uh, they've won the World Championships, won Lombardia. So the two biggest races at the back end of the year. Trek have won after a pretty slow year, you'd yeah, say. dry year. A dry year. Valverde but... and uh, Bernal look super. They look real strong. Mm. But just that dynamic of 10-ish riders all from different teams, trying to work together. And it's the big names. You go through that top 10, yeah. it's the big, big names. Um, and there was also a fun fact uh, on the Twitter, I think it's the first time since 1990 that there was an Italian in the top 10 in Lombardia. Their highest mm-hmm. finish was Visconti in 17th. Jack Haig, 6th. Jack Haig, 6th. Th- just, just off the mark. You kind of like, every time they sat up, got back on, and then just got slightly distanced as because uh, Valverde and Bernal were flying, yeah, like they were moving, mm-hmm. um, but still he but, was he was there. It, it looked like Yates was doing the work for him, uh, which was which I liked a lot. And yeah, look, as as we talked about before, look out race season twenty 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 one. I'm keen to see it. He sits down with Whitey and goes, "You know what? I'm winning that race." Yeah. But you look at the names in front of him, Valverde, Bernal, Fulsang, Woods, and then Roglic and Bookman behind him. Like, it's a it's a proper top 10. So, yeah, I, I really want to see Jack Haig be the leader for the for the big um, one-day races in in the Ardennes next season. So he can really, really do some damage, I think. Before, uh, before you give us an update on your training program, um, you suffer best rider of the year. The rider that suffered the most... I haven't prepped. I haven't prepped you at all on this. But no. Top, what's top? What's oh, top mate. of mind? The rider that suffered the most through the season. That's a really hard question. The one. The one that's. I think the one that suffered the most this week um, was Mollema. He was chewing at the bit. He never looks good on a bike, though. Nah, he, but he, he, he does. Does his. He does his best to look like he's suffering. But rider of the year. What about just the best rider of the year? Best ride of the year. I think we talked about it a little bit before, but I'm going to go Roglic. Primoz Roglic. Yeah, Bernal won the tour, but Roglic, two one-day Italian races. He won the Vuelta. He was third in the Giro. He won Romandie. He won Torino Adriatico, and he won UAE Tour with stage wins sprinkled, sprinkled amongst it all. So... Yeah, Bernal won the tour and, and was impressive throughout, but I think to win as many big races as what Rolish did, it's, it's hard to look past him for me. Mm. You? Bernal. Bernal. After this week, yep. 
this this week goes, I can't, I'm, yeah. Bernal is a huge rider. Winning the tour and then being good in mid October. Yep. It's as very, very, it's very just, impressive. It's just, it's just unreal. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to argue with with those two. It'd be interesting to see if anyone else has any other ideas. Ala Philippe, maybe, but Ala Philippe's Tour de France was pretty unreal, and he won some big one days. Actually, in the yeah, parts of the year. he'd probably be the only one that could come into the into the argument for me. Yeah. Uh, how's your training going? Training's going good, Alex. Week six is under the belt. Um, another three sessions. I think I'm going to look at... Did you do a Saturday evening turbo? I did, yeah. I did do a Saturday evening turbo. Jesus. Yep. Wow. No, I'm really committed to getting my three three sessions under the belt a week. Good. So How's the condition? The condition's pretty good. I weighed myself today, actually. Uh, it was about mid-afternoon, and it was 80.9 with clothes on, so we'll call it 80. Post-pasta? No, pre-pasta. Pre-pasta. Pre-star, so... Yeah, maybe that 80 to 81 is where we're at. So it's not bad. But on, in terms of the actual program, another three sessions under the belt. And the one we're going to touch on today is the best thing in the world, it's called. The best thing in the world. And that's what it's called. And it was it was proper hard. Average power 227, normalized for 252 for 45 minutes. And it was uh, with footage from Ghent Wevelgem 2015. The so business. It was exciting. Um, Did that make it easy? I made it easier. I was really enjoying enjoying the video, and and the work was was hard. Clearly, that sort of power. did they have did they have that unreal camera? They didn't have that big uh, wide view camera. I don't remember. I don't remember, but I don't think they did have the, the big wide view camera from the, the front. The best running. camera angle I'm in not sure cycling. Why any other race doesn't use that? But um, but anyway, it was it was a really good session. Another good week under the belt. Six weeks now, Alex. That's um, that's a fair bit of time to be to be on a on a trainer. It is. Back to back to back to back to back. So another four weeks and then we have have the test. So like I said before, I think two ninety to three ten is about is about money for me. Keeping in mind that's after a five minute all out test and a few sprints. Mm, it's, part, it's part of a bigger picture. It's the bigger picture, but really I mean everyone wants to know about the twenty minute. That's what you're judged on ultimately. No one cares. It about somehow the five. it somehow became a reference point. This twenty minute. Yeah. I've never done a twenty minute. You surely would have done a 20 minute. Mm, I work with fans. Nah, I think you're still using the step test back when I was there. <laughs> Welcome, Tommy. Boys, boys, boys. Back again. Thanks to Harper with two A's. Uh, get a hold of Dan at harper.co uh, for all your creative agency needs. Um, actually, I've actually just found this out this week too. They're not actually part of the big three Ooh. they've actually outgrown the big three they're now the huge one so make sure you definitely check out that website because you'll see a lot of stuff going it's a busy website there's a lot going on it's good a lot of good stuff on there and you know you know that 2xu store down the road from you that's all their stuff isn't that's it? all their stuff genius and like i'm i'm not here to piss in dan's pocket but like see it's actually pretty pretty bloody tight like if i was just a regular punter I'd be looking at that gear, I'd be going, I might go in and buy some, buy some. Because of his creative work. That's it. Creative genius. Huge one. That's it. <laughs> so, um, thanks again to Harper. Let's get into the introduction. Sit down, get comfortable, and get ready to delve into the strange and beautiful world of continental cycling. 
the Continental Breakfast. The Continental Breakfast. <laughs> All right, we actually have a genuine fair income Continental team this week, which, uh, you know, raptures, obviously. Everyone's I'm wearing... rapt about it. Crowd goes wild. Mm. Yeah. The but fan base will be huge, huge yeah, following. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we're doing Joker Fuel of Norway. Mm. Yes. Of Norway. Yes. I like this. Yes. Great like this. areas. Joker Fuel of Norway, of Norway. Um, um, why, why Joker? Something to do with the film that you watched last week? Did no, that's absolutely nothing. Not? Sensational movie, by the way. If anyone um, wants to do something that. Um, it looks a bit grim for me. It's heavy. But fantastic, fantastic movie, I thought, in my opinion. But um, people mo- didn't come here to hear they, movie reviews. If they, I can do them if they want me to. <laughs> they wouldn't be very good. All right, so Joker, Fuel of Norway. They started in 2005. So they've been around for almost one and a half decades now, which is actually pretty pretty good, really, for a continental team. Like That's a long... Um, Norwegian efficiency, though, and, and reliability, yeah, which I'll touch on that a bit later. Yeah. I do, I do, we do mention this. We do, we do go into that aspect of Norwegian culture. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. So I was actually a little bit excited to go into Scandinavia, to be honest, because I do, for that exact reason, like there. Um, uh, just, just yep. we'll jump in there because, in contrast, we've spoken about. Um, Colombia, you know, Colombian, uh, Italian, just yeah. kind of these countries where yeah. there's there's little organisation and piss, structure. Piss poor, really. And now we go to times. Scandinavia, where yeah. it's the complete opposite. I like where you've gone with this, yeah. Tom. So basically, 2005 to 2007, they were Maxbo Bianchi, and then 2008 to 2010, Joker Bianchi, then 2011, 2013, Joker Marita. So there's obviously been a fair few incarnations here. Of course. 2014 to 2016, just Team Joker. Um, 17 to 18, Joker Ikapal, I think. And then from this year, they're being Joker Fuel of Norway. Of Norway. Um, <laughs> so, sponsors information. Albie, you might as well kick us off here. What do we think Joker do? Hey, just before, sorry, before we get into it, you guys obviously heard of this team before. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're strongest men in the world. Would have raced against them. On the, on the scene, yeah. Actually, looking through there. Tour of, um, tour of Alsace. Yeah, yeah numbers. I remember Tour Breton as well. Breton, yeah. Yeah, very prolific. Just really big, strong men yep. ripping our legs off. Loving the filthy days and the rain. Yeah. Are they the lottery, Joker? So Joker's not, no. Nah, so, eh. Sorry, mate. Sorry. That's what I would have gone, Alex, but with the with the name Joker Fuel, is it petroleum? No, see, <laughs> this is where I actually got thrown out by that. They're two separate companies. There's Joker, and then there's Fuel of Norway. Of Excellent. Nor- of Norway. Um, so you're probably on the money there for the second part. <laughs> <laughs> so Joker is a Norwegian grocery store chain. Uh, they've got about 450 outlets, boys. So chances are, if you're going to be shopping, you're doing your grocery shopping. The Carrefour of up north. Yeah, that Scandinavian Carrefour. Um, so many of many of them are like smaller convenience stores, I guess. Um, Not so many f- super stores. Yeah, and there's. I think there must be a rule in Norway. <laughs> there must be a rule in Norway that. If you have a certain square meterage of shop, you're allowed to operate on Sundays. But if it's more than a certain square meterage, okay. you're not allowed to operate. Which is again one of those. If you go that far up north, obviously it just goes a bit weird. But so I think 100 square meters might be around the mark. 
So a lot of these shops actually do remain open on Sunday. So if you are going to do your shopping in Norway, Joker's probably almost a good bet. Um, but as a company, even with the Sundays, which only contribute actually a small amount when you look into the economy of it, economics of it, but they have a turnover of about 6 billion kronos a year. So they're actually pretty... What's the krono worth in AUD or euros? Couldn't tell you. Or USD. It's worth worth three. It probably is. Could be strong currency up north. <laughs> I'm not too sure. I imagine it would be. Yeah. 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 Everything's expensive. Strong. Expensive up north. So I, I think it's a it's the crone crone or chronos. Crone. I think it's actually crone. Crone. Something crone. Like that. Yeah. I think the chronos. Like yeah. Uh, there. They actually don't know. So what's it six go. billion? Six billion turnover. So that's pretty impressive. Well, uh, it's all relative. It is. Fuel of fuel of Norway, boys. What what do we think they do? I'll oh, give you a hint. Campbell's not, not as four. Nah, not as obvious as what you may think. Gas? Nah, yeah, nah. Um, Riveting. F- f- fishing, fishing bait. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why not? Uh, these purely, guys, purely based off of the geographical region. A lot of coastline in Norway. Yes, isn't there? I imagine it's quite a big part of their economy. Maybe, Fish, <laughs> huge part. Maybe something to look at doing: opening up a bait store. In um, business opportunity. It's a bit of B to B. Bit of B to B. Bit of, bit of brainstorming in the continental breakfast. No one take the idea. <laughs> Campbell, Campbell isn't coming back from next episode. Where is he? Norway opening him a bait I've shop. I've got some copyright on that IP. Yeah. Let's not take that IP off. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's SSS IP. Um, if you will. If, I will. They do sports drinks, energy drinks, gels, etc. etc. One drink is actually called No Bullshit, which is obviously the energy drink and the product line. But that's, is they that, marketed it, it, that. Is marketed that, that, that in English or is that the yeah. translation? No, I think it's literally written in English, no okay. bullshit on the can, which maybe that's how they get away with it. But then, like, it's well, actually not well, a bad just say, little... say it's a translation I actually issue. don't mind that because it's sort of like a bit of a dig at, like, Red Bull and things like this because, like... No bull. Yeah, there's no... No wings. So it's actually... I, I don't know if they're going no for that at all, but if they are, I thought that was pretty clever. Um, big star, who to look out for? I don't know any of these blokes. You're wheeling honest. about two or three years' time. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. And... Um, the guy I picked out, I think we basically had the most points on the team, career points, is Soren. Now, I'm going to need a lot of help with this name. Soren Warren Skjold. Mm-hmm. He's only 19. 19. Yeah, young bloke. Soren Warren Skjold. But that's what we're saying. These Norwegians, as kids, are as good as men. They're as good as 20 blokes. Yeah. They're just absolute jets. But basically, he ran a few drums at Lavenir this year. Did so he? as a real young bloke, which is pretty good, he got fifth at the U19 Worlds last year in the ITT. Of course. Um, got second in under-19 Ghent, when, when, Ghent Weevilgem last year. Is that how you say it? Weevilgem? Weevilgem. Weevilgem. Uh, he won a stage at the 2017 GP Ruberland, and he was second at the Eurochamps as a bottom age 19. So, Big talent. I think he's one of those up-and-comers, like little... Not necessarily had a heap of huge results yet, but it's definitely something I think in the um, in the pipelines. Would you say that's a bit of a business term as well, isn't it, Alex? In the pipeline. Pipeline. How's your pipeline looking? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what stage are they up to? <laughs> yeah. So, but it's looking at the ages, Tom. It's it's 
young team. It's a young team, which is great. You'll have to see that. You don't want to see too many 30s in this kind yeah, of Conti yeah. space. Then no, no, no. Which if you do, a you might grim. have a couple of 27-year-olds, a couple of 28-year-olds. Bring in the experience, That's maybe. A bit of guidance. They've had their shot, but now I think they just enjoy riding their bikes, obviously. They obviously target these under-23 races, I think, predominantly, and they tend to do very well there. And then also get gigs in other races. But... Alumni, you have a look at this. It's actually pretty, pretty impressive. Like this is mm. actually good breeding I ground for the weekend cycling. Yeah. Elite, and I'm, I think I'm, I'm obviously going to miss people here, but because um, I think there's a lot of people who've come out in the last two, three years who have been very, very good riders, very, very promising. So, but the big names we've got Lars Petar Nordhog. <laughs> he rode for Sky for a couple of years. Sky. Blanco, back to Sky, and then finished with Aqua Blue. He won the Tour de Yorkshire. He got ninth at Strata Bianchi and was national champ. So, pretty good. Pretty good ride. That'd be a hard nationals, I imagine, the Norwegian nationals. It'd be maybe one of the hardest mm. after the like Belgium. 10 really, really solid guys, and then I don't know what the rest of the field would be like. But No one's that quick. No one's that good at climbing, but everyone is the strongest, strongest man. Yep. Yeah. You'd be like Mr. Olympus, or mm. that, where they have to lift those... Big atlas balls under the thing. It's just like you know what, we'll just save the bike race. Let's just see who can, who can do this. Stage two is the atlas ball. Evold Bosenhagen started yep. his career here. Huge name. Yep, massive high road sky. MTN Quebecers three stages of the tour. One of the Giro's. He's got three national titles under the belt. One Ghent Weevilgem and stages at other various big tours throughout the year. So obviously a very established rider. Um, Alexander Kristoff. I didn't realise this guy was actually that good. So he's twenty fifteen, he was the best rider in the yeah, world. Yeah. I didn't realise he rode for Joker though. He started there. So BMC, Kadusha, UAE Emirates, three stages of the Tour de France, including on the A La Chancelaise, which we bloody love. If you're gonna win, that's where you're gonna win. <laughs> Won the Euro Champs, two time national champ, Lance and Remos, Flanders, and then this year's Gent Weevilgum. So yep. Big Palmares. These Norwegians love Ghent when Weevilgum. Because yeah, it's Ghent. so hard. It's the first weekend of the year. It's, it's wet. It's cold. Was, no, yeah, it's in the first couple of weeks. You are right, though. Yeah, no, I love them. Look, that's where we send all our Colombian riders. <laughs> all the ones with the points. Let's just get them, just get them in that opening week of Belgian racing. Hopefully they snap their collarbone. We don't have to ride them for the rest of the year. <laughs> Did you have a hot summer in the Southern Hemisphere? No dramas. We'll just throw you straight into the Belgian winter. So, yeah, they're basically the big names, I think, to come out of the team. All very established riders, except for maybe Lars Peter. Probably struggled to touch more than the other boys, but that's all right. <laughs> did his justice in any team he served. Torhushoff didn't come through this squad? No, nah, nah. I checked that. I did check that because yeah. yeah, a bit to talk about there. Yeah, of course. So 2006, they won the Scandinavian Open Road Race. <laughs> I don't know if that's a big race or not, but... Um, I imagine it's kind of like the... the Semi-continental champs. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like Oceanas. Yeah, like, there's like three countries. Just peel out of Europe and have our own little games. <laughs> These strong games, though. New Zealand, Australia, and Timor. <laughs> Championships. <laughs> Imagine the Danish, Norwegian, Swedish, and Finnish kind of Icelandic. going head-to-head. Oh, that'd be, that'd be mm. hard. It'd be cold. Would be. I wonder if they do it in the dark. Depends what time of year Boys, we it. have two hours of sunlight. <laughs> it's a four-hour race. <laughs> Let me know if you want to do the Atlas Balls instead. <laughs> um, 2007, <laughs> the Norway Time Trial Championships, Evald Bosenhagen, the Norway Road Time Trial. Time trial. So that, that year, actually, Christoph and Evald got both national um, titles within the one team. And they won overall at Ryan Alps. 
um, with Gabriel Rash. That's an unfortunate last name, isn't it? Rash. Potentially my pronouncing. <laughs> Every chance that it's your poor pronunciation. R A S C H. Remember, did he ride for High Road, HTC? Once upon a time? You won Ron Alp, so potentially Ron. 2012, won the Norway TT champs. Uh, 2015, they won LCS overall. 2016, they won the Under-23 World Road Race Championships with a Christopher Halverson, which I'm speaking to my brother, actually. So this guy's a jet, dead set, genuine talent. So he'll be one to look out for, I guess. 2017, they ran a drum at Alsace. They won the national title again with Rasmus Tiller. 2018, they had seven wins, including Bretagne, Tour de Jura, which I remember doing that um, with Mendricio. I remember just two stages, four and a half hours, rain, sideways. Like Love. Tour de shit. Tour de You didn't have worse. a time? No. <laughs> was, I think it was like the last tour I did. <laughs> so at that point, my mindset was like... The wheels had fallen off before then. <laughs> I was just, for me, the <laughs> stepping off my bike was the best part of that tour. And they got second at the Arctic race of Norway. Home race. Yep. Fourth of the Tour of Norway. Then this year they won Tour de Normandy. And they got a cheeky little stage win there too. And the International Tour of Roads, which is a Greek race. Eos or? Don't know. Roads. I oh, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Could have been. That's probably where they had the um, straight straight to the mid-season break after the Tour of Roads. <laughs> <laughs> straight to the time. circuit. They held a... Uh, <laughs> Team paying for the flights. Beautiful. <laughs> but anyway, they've picked up six national titles. So for a continental team, that's sensational, I would have thought. Maybe one of the best strike rates? Probably, yeah. You have to go pretty deep to find data on that. But yeah. in terms of big continental, uh, yeah. big national championships, a Conti yeah. team. Like, to be fair, the team is full of nothing but Norwegian riders, but you're still going to go out and win the thing. So I don't know. read into that as much as you want. I think it's pretty, pretty bloody good. Directors... Again, I do struggle with this unless they've got a doping past. Like I can't really get much information on these blokes. But a guy named Berger Hungerholt. Hungerhold. Jeez, they're good strong names, aren't they? They are strong names. Um, no idea who he is. Apparently <laughs> apparently he's a big swinger in the Norwegian cycling world. Um one of the heavies coming down from Sydney. He's definitely a heavy. One of the, the heavy. Oh, mate, we got the heavies coming up from Oslo this the week. Heavies, the heavies <laughs> are swinging their way out of Oslo and they're making their way here. Um, apparently, now this it was a real shit translation from Norwegian into English, but apparently he owns a company that has a lot to do with backing Norwegian cycling, and then but then that company or because of Bergen Worlds. There's over like 70 creditors that have claims against either his company or the world's sort of organisation. Um, so it's either like Bergen Worlds or this guy named Berger who owns this company called Interspot. Anyway, it just sounds real murky and smoke and mirrors. Basically, there was a quote from the article that just said, "stabbed in the back." I'm going like, <laughs> oh, great. So I wish I could actually speak Norwegian because. Um, like it'd be really interesting little article to read because it was it just sounded like an absolute rot after the Bergen Worlds. Seventy people owed money. Send, it's send not it, good for business. Send it out to the um, Northern European listeners. Get a direct translation back to us. Yeah, anyone speaks Norwegian, 
bloody get on to me because I would <laughs> love to know. It just sound, it sounds so like oh, just real gritty gossipy. Kind of like um, what was the movie, the Swedish movie? Um, girl with the dragon tattoo, kind of, that, oh. you know, like around the woods and the lake, and just, yeah, know, yeah. It honestly feels like someone, someone ended up in <laughs> someone's bloody basement, <laughs> hanging from the wall here. Doping convictions, none that I can find. Doesn't which that, not, we yeah, love. Not yeah, a surprise. Yeah. North. These northern northern blokes, mate, they're they're just efficient. Yep, they're just honest blokes. What you're, oh, I was <laughs> intimating <laughs> they've just never been caught. Nah, well, maybe <laughs> they're that they're that efficient that they haven't been, but. Yeah. You can just trust people from Norway, can't you? I think you can. Like, they might be a little bit blunt and whatever, but I think they're just... They're good just, good no, culture. No bullshit. You know what I mean? Good culture. Yep, I reckon. Um, good fish diet. It depends how much they catch. <laughs> Maybe they do need that bacon. <laughs> Get up there, Campbell. <laughs> sort these boys out. Uh, kit. All right. So Good kit as well. No, I can't, no, I can't put a foot wrong, these blokes. Like, no, it's it's not. Not for you. Not for mine. So we know how we touched on this before. So Norway's, well, I guess all the Scandinavians are re- re- renowned for their simplicity, utility, I guess, beauty. Um, but, you know, Scandinavian homes, right? They have a pure, you know, real simple style. They're set, centered around like basically warmth and functionality. Like you yep. imagine like a... A Scandinavian house in the winter, like that's what you think. Like clean lines, like you go inside. There's just not a thing out of place. Um, everything's well made, and there's like I could, I could. It's just it's almost like an elegance to its simplicity and craftsmanship. A nice fire going in the background. Yeah, yeah. Like I think there's a there's a Danish word. I think huga. I think or, I don't know. I think it's H Y G G. Yeah, for like putting rugs and stuff around. Yeah, it's just got like a like a. I don't know if it's got anything to do with war- well, it's got a lot to do with warmth and a way of living, but nothing necessarily to do with clean lines and shit. But their kit is not that. It is not Scandinavian. I don't like it. I reckon it's. What don't you What don't you like about it? Because for those that are listening, it's it's predominantly blue, with a nice big Joker logo on the front. Not not yeah, not just, a lot of sponsorship. It's, it's not, not a, a lot of filthy a, colors. Just a nice a, clean cut kit. It's not a Scandinavian home it's, for it's mine. It's not amazing, but it's not. No, it's just not horrendous. No, I, I know it's it's not Italian, right? But it just doesn't have that. Please tell me what is wrong with that jersey. It's not beautiful, mate. Like if I'm freezing, I'm freezing in Norway, and I walk up in the, I'm in the woods, and then I see that. <laughs> I don't, I don't get those vibes of warmth, simplicity, <laughs> or utility. Maybe a little bit of utility. That's about it. Like let's get the sponsors on. Let's just spread them out evenly, and that's about it. <laughs> there is a bit of utility yeah. about it. <laughs> that's that's a that's a utility jersey, not a. There's no beauty in that Tom, one. Tom, just a little bit of a question on their original sponsor. Just back to section one of the section the um, yep. the pod or the the section Max rather. Bo. Few of Norway and Coca Cola on the jersey is um, Coca Cola the overarching company uh, of Fuel of Norway. I don't know if they're overarching necessarily. But they're on there, so there might be little ties there. Hopefully not a creditor, and Some that's B2B, why they're on there. Maybe. Hopefully they're not owed money, and that's why they're not on there. <laughs> we'll put you on the we'll put you on the jersey instead of paying you. <laughs> uh, strife. <laughs> All right. Interesting fact. So a little bit hard with these continental teams, even though it's well, which has pretty much been the reason why I haven't done a continental team. Hard to find information, and Again, often not around for a long period of time to build history. It can be. Joker, however. Yeah, at times. Can be rock solid. Yep. So what we'll do, we'll talk a little bit about Norway, I think. Because I think it's a pretty interesting place. Would you agree? 
I think we'd all agree. The world's longest road tunnel is in Norway, 24.5K long. So I actually don't mind that. I just got into engineering to do tunneling and you now build high rise apartments. How many, so that makes, how <laughs> many tunnels have you built? None, none, because at the time, Melbourne. <laughs> no one builds tunnels in Australia and then all of a sudden we're building a shit ton now but that's alright Norway is home to hell Norway introduced salmon sushi to Japan in the 80s Norway gave the world the cheese slicer so I don't know what we were doing to our cheese before that cutting fingers obviously <laughs> shredding fingers blood in cheese um, fact number 5 around 98% of Norway's domestic power usage is drawn from hydroelectric power plants despite the economy being primarily driven by oil and gas. So 2030, they're going to be carbon neutral. Wow. That's that's what I love about Norway. Yeah. That shit. That, you they're know, ahead of the curve, man, in just many, many they, facets. They can flog off all their oil and gas. They don't need it. They can survive. Like, they've probably got a lot of water and fjords and a lot of water moving around to be able to do that. Yep. It's not like you're going to be doing this in Alice Springs. But to be fair... That's what they're doing. And then they just, they go, all right, this is how we're going to take the cream off the top. And that's what's going to let us have our fun. Good beers. Mm. Um, Roald Dahl spoke Norwegian. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. So he wrote um, The BFG, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, James and John Peach, etc., etc. Pretty good writer. Um, so that's some interesting facts we may not have known about Norway, <laughs> which I'm sure we're all dying to hear. Uh, metaphor. So basically, I think this one's pretty obvious too. Like we had Columbia last week, you know, they've got that whole like face value thing then the whole economy is driven by something else sort of thing. But this, this is pretty obvious. These blokes are basically Vikings, really in essence. They'll go anywhere and win. They'll do well anywhere. They're hard units. They're big, ballsy, strong blokes. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know how many professional female Norwegian cyclists are, but I imagine there'd be a few, and they'd be just as reliable, strong, and you know, have a lot of intestinal fortitude. That's I good, imagine that's a good description, it's a big that. word. Mm. That's how I imagine them, but um, could be off the mark there. They could all just be drug cheats, and no one's caught on yet because they're that <laughs> they're that good. <laughs> but anyway, that's it for another week. Thanks again to Harper. That's Harper with two A's. I think that was it was nice to do a continental team. I think this one, boys. I really enjoyed that, Tom. Yeah. Joker, they've always been a team that I've uh, respected in a big way. Just a good, good organisation, always competitive, always hard at it, yeah. producing good riders, and actually a Conti team that are just happy being a Conti team. Dead set. They're not here to shoot the lights out. They're here to develop yep. develop these these Vikings, essentially. So big I'm, all, I'm all for it. Good organisation. No doping. How good's that? Yeah. I love. Not a surprise. I even tried to actively find something, and I couldn't. So it's actually nice for once in this sport. <laughs> like, I, like I don't mind joking about it and carrying on, but like when you actually don't come across a team that hasn't got for fifteen years, not one. Strike and and through a rough time too. You're starting in two thousand and five. Like that's that's a. Beautiful time to be going shoving beautiful needles time. in your arm. That's a lovely time to be going like, oh, what have we got here? Some steak on the side of testosterone. Sensational. Beautiful. See you tomorrow, boys up the road. Thanks, Matt, for all their support. They are released their well, – not released there, the, the new Trinity Racing CX team, the new home for Tom Peacock, the UK superstar. 
the next Matthew, as some would say. Uh, and of course, they made some crisp as kit for uh, his world champs, Bance, um, and also the rest of the team.